Welcome back to Illini Weekly. I'm Joey Wagner, sports reporter at the Herald Review. We're here with Mark Tupper, our executive sports editor and all things Illini reporter. It's been a just a crazy week, kind of maybe not the best week in terms of a couple different elements, at least with football and basketball. But we want to start with, with Josh Whitman. He had a big announcement. There's a big fundraising campaign. Uh, Mark, what, what do you know about that, and what, what's it mean for what could possibly be on the campus of, of Illinois coming up? Well, the university's going to raise two and a quarter billion dollars between now and 2022, and athletics portion of that is going to be $300 million, and um, and it's hard, It's $300 million is a lot to raise, and it's really a lot to raise at a time when football is not offering up a product on the field that gets people excited. Um, you know, I think, I think a number of people see the talent in the freshman class and, and know that if you can stack recruiting classes, you're going to get there. But it's hard to do without wins, and they've lost six in a row. And yet Josh sounded very positive. I mean, that's his job. I get it. But he said they've got, um, they've got a lot of interested parties um, in terms of financing the $79.2 million football performance center and he's going to have announcements coming up about other capital projects i think they're going to do something with ubbin uh, the basketball practice facility um, to upgrade it a little bit um, i think baseball is definitely uh, near the front of the line for some improvements there and um, and uh, and i don't know what other sports he's going to prioritize in terms of that plus there's 70 million for uh, i fund which would be scholarships room board and other considerations there, um, and then there's also thirty million dollars for uh, academic enhancements, and that would include um, upgrading their staff of tutors and and uh, ways to help uh, the academic side of, of the student athlete equation. And uh, but but I thought the most interesting thing that I got while I was over there talking to people was just some aside stuff. None of this came up in the press conference, but. Um, this whole hockey conversation has really interested me because um, I think it's a potential sleeping giant for the university. Um, there's no Division I hockey program in the state of Illinois, and the National Hockey League, I think, recognizes that. The Blackhawks recognize that. Illinois, they gave Illinois some seed money to conduct a feasibility study about adding hockey, and when Josh and some of his people were up there talking to them. Uh, I think they had their eyes opened because the Blackhawks pretty much told them, um, "You will, if you do this, you will have unbelievable success." There are so many good high school hockey players in the Chicago area that do not have the choice of staying in state if they want to pursue the sport. They have to go to Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Boston College, Notre Dame, wherever. And if they had this as a as an option, a lot of them would choose it. They're looking at a three-rink facility. One rink would be for community usage, one rink would be a practice rink, and one rink would be located in the middle of a 5,000-seat competition arena. Um, and um, I mentioned just in passing, I said, you know, hey, and then you name uh, Chris Chelios as your first coach. And it got no reaction whatsoever. And they kind of looked at each other and looked at me and said, I'm not going to give you any names, but you would not believe who has contacted us about being the coach. A bunch of people. Um, and so they're really excited about this. 
the problem is you've got to pay for it. And um, I don't know what it would cost. There, That's part of what this feasibility study is finding out. And included in the cost is because I, I didn't realize this. Hockey would be 18 scholarships. That's the second most of football. And if you add 18 men's scholarships, you have to add 18 women's scholarships. And you're not going to add women's hockey. They said no. That's just, there's not enough women's hockey teams around to schedule it really. Um, so you look at, uh, you know, lacrosse or I, I don't know. You look at other sports and try to find uh, something there that would chew up 18 women's scholarships. Uh, and, uh, and so that's what they're in the process of doing. Obviously, some donors would have to come forth to make this happen. But um, in the Chicago area, where hockey is big, high school hockey's big, the Blackhawks are big, um, there are those donors up there that have an eye for hockey that maybe wouldn't give to football or basketball or whatever. So uh, that's really interesting stuff to me. And, and Josh did say at his press conference, if we can bring hockey across the finish line, that tells me he sees it as a possibility. And um, I think it would be, I think they'd sell out every yeah. game. I think it would be fantastic. I can tell, I actually had friends, one friend who's playing minor league hockey now, I think, I believe in the AHL, and he grew up in Pekin, which is from Decatur, about an hour and a half, and he went, moved up to Chicago, and then he went off to Boston College. And there you go. I know him well enough, I, I think he would have happily stayed home. And a lot of these kids, if they're not going to Boston College, they're playing some variation of club hockey, and it's just not the same. I mean, to, the Frozen Four is a big deal. I mean, big that deal. is a huge deal. And to get that kind of excitement around this part of the country, this part of the state specifically, would be massive. Illinois has a club hockey team right now that has been very successful. And they have a following. And maybe some of those players would be potentially scholarship players for, for Illinois. I mean, these may be some of the Chicago suburb kids who... Uh, were good enough to maybe get a scholarship in co in college hockey, but wanted to go to Illinois for, you know, maybe for academic reasons, for whatever reasons. Um, but th th I just think there's a lot of opportunity there. I hope they could find the funding. None of the three hundred million dollars that Josh was talking about would include this hockey. This is would be a separate uh, fundraising effort. So um, I don't know, we'll see where it goes. I think when people hear hockey, they may not know how many people are interested. They're not going to have any trouble finding kids. They're going to be oh, warding yeah. off kids. Oh, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, they, yeah. Chicago is, you're right, it's a hub for hockey. And then, and then if you if you were to, um, I, don't know, I don't know that this would happen, but if you were to hire uh, a former Blackhawk guy as your head coach with some name recognition, you know, that only amps up the excitement for it, too. And Hockey Live is really good. It's fun. It's so different than TV. It's it just is that really atmosphere good. and, hey, Marion Hosa, he, uh, he can't play right now. That's, no. That's, uh, that'd be a fun fun name to consider. We're going to open this football quarterback carousel. I mean, it's, we've done this since before the season started. We've talked about three different quarterbacks. I, to me, I'm, right now we're between Cam Thomas, who's more of a threat with his legs than, than really any threat with his arm, and Chase Crouch, who is a little Chase. Or not Chase Crouch, excuse me, uh, Jeff George, who, who's a little bit of a kind of a kind of turnover prone. And although he hasn't thrown an interception in the last two games, is it hard to get into? I mean, it's got to be hard to get into a rhythm, right? I mean, you, I would you, think so. I, you I know? think Chase kind. Or, Good grief. Jeff George kind of alluded to that a little bit, right? Well, yeah, he did. I mean, he sort of lobbied the other day for him. And um, I get it. You know, I think it's frustrating for him, that particularly on one drive where he led the team down the field, got him to the 20-yard line, and then was taken out for Cam, and Cam turned it over. And, and Jeff has not thrown an interception the last two weeks. They asked him to, to really work on getting the passing game going a little bit with 
and at the same time eliminating turnovers. And and he's done that, and I think he feels like he's best suited uh, to get them going right now. And and that might be in fact true. I think I think most of the feedback I get from fans would like to see more of Jeff. Um, see at least see it get to see him um, complete some of these drives. Um, but you have two things at play here, and they they run conflict to one another. You have trying to win the football game and um, wanting to develop Cam Thomas. And um, so, you know, I think they would say, well, we want to win the football game first and foremost. But um, they what they really want to do is win the football game and have Cam have a role in, in that. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly a really good runner. You know, this is a big, fast athlete, and he's got a good arm. He just doesn't see the defenses right now. He doesn't. He sees his guy that he's going to throw to, and he doesn't see the guy that's between the ball and his guy. <laughs> and so when he throws it, that guy's there. And uh, obviously, that's you know a big part of the development as quarterback. So um, I I don't know. Lovey sounded like um, we've got to eliminate the turnovers as the number one factor, which would mean. If you were going to follow that through to its logical conclusion, there would be less Cam Thomas this week against Purdue. I just don't know that that's really what they're going to do. I, th- I think I think if you want to win the game, I would probably um, have Cam in there only in a few occasions when it was clearly going to be running. And I know they don't. You know, then you then you telegraph what you're going to do. Yeah, you tell everyone. And um, so um, I don't know. But Jeff, if Jeff continues to throw without interceptions, seems to me he may have earned. He maybe deserves a little more playing time. And they played pretty well. I, I guess it, light years better on defense. Yeah, because I think everybody expected Wisconsin to come in and have a heyday. Run on for four hundred yards. And, and Illinois' defense played very well. Held them to, and held them to fewer yards we, than anybody else. If the offense had a little bit of a pulse, you know, I hate to say that. Then we're looking at a game where you think. They looked substantially better in all facets, which comes after just step back after hey, step back. After Wisconsin step back. was, I thought, was very disappointing. I know their running back didn't play in the second half, but that aside, um, that did not look like a top four football team in the country to me. And so, and and when the rankings, the the college football playoff rankings came out, they were not. That was represented. Yeah. Do you think Illinois plays up to some opponents and down to some? I mean, if you look at the the way some of these games have played out, you kind of maybe tend to lean that way. We might learn a little bit more this week. You know, maybe what we've seen is a young football team struggle, struggle, and then last week against Wisconsin, get it a little bit in practice, which is what they all claimed, and then take it out onto the playing field and be able to show it a little bit better. Um, if they can sustain that against Purdue, the, the the challenge to me Saturday against Purdue is the last three weeks they've, they've played run-heavy football teams. Purdue is not that. Purdue is going to throw the ball and 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 include a bunch of trickery. They mm-hmm. got trick plays, mm-hmm. and Jeff Brom loves them. <laughs> and and I would think against a freshman secondary or a I young think. secondary, you got to try to get them. You got to try to test their discipline, and and see if you can sucker them. Illinois, remember, gave up a touchdown to Wisconsin when they. Uh, threw a backward pass to an offensive lineman who ran it in. They they had to they had to get trickery to get beyond 17 points. So uh, I I think it'll be hard for them, but um, I think they're very unpredictable. And um, and sometimes when you th- when you see that they're underdogs, you want them to be a little unpredictable. Maybe yeah. they can deliver a little bit of a surprise. At some point, you're going to see more of a turn. Whether I mean these freshmen have, are getting games and minutes under their belts. I mean in, in high numbers. At some point, you're going to see a turn in these guys. 
And I mean, at this point, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of the season. But you're going to see a turn in these guys, and you're going to start thinking, wow, they, you know, this is maybe a glimpse of half of the potential of what we're going to get out of these kids, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, basketball is exciting short of one recruiting fiasco, and it was a fiasco. Basketball is exciting. Before you go to Purdue, you're making a stop at Eastern Illinois Friday night. Yeah, they're going to play one of those um, uh, extra exhibition games that the NCAA allows as long as you donate the money to charity, and they're going to donate all the proceeds Friday to the American Red Cross. This will be played at Lance Gym in Charleston. Um, it's not a big gym. I think 5,400. It's sold out right away. Um, um, you know, it, it, Brad would like it to be kind of a hostile crowd. I think it's going to be a largely Illinois crowd. Um, but if Eastern does some things, there'll be some Eastern fans there cheering, no doubt about that. And um, and more more importantly, I think he wants them to play in front of any crowd because mm-hmm. they've played the two exhibition games, um, those secret scrimmage things, <laughs> and you play in front of no one. You play in an empty, quiet. You can't gym. even get res- all you can hear is sneakers and yeah. coaches yelling and. And, uh, and and they, they did well over at uh, Vanderbilt. They won that game. Uh, I think it was 90 to 80. Um, but um, they haven't done some things very well. They haven't, I don't think they've defended very well. I think they've fouled way too much, sent teams to the free throw line a bunch. Um, the other day they shot it really well from everywhere, including three and free throw line. And so, um, so let's see uh, where they are. I think some people... Uh, some players have been further ahead. We're going to talk to Brad tomorrow, so um, find out a little bit more about what he's willing to share regarding his thoughts about those two. But a chance to play Eastern, and uh, hey, that's one week from the season opener, yep. and I'm excited to see him. I think if rumor has it right, was Trent Frazier not a guy who shot? I think he hit four of six threes. Well? Yeah, that's that's very good. Uh, yeah, I think there is. There's so much excitement to finally see this product and exactly. just see what it is. And and and, and remember that are. it's not a finished product. No, you know it's going to be uh, this is going to be interesting. I don't know what we're going to see on Friday night. That'll be that'll be fun. Now, last week we were talked with Jeremy Werner prior to Taylor Horton Tucker, the Chicago Simeons, announcement that he was going to commit to Iowa State over Illinois, and as Everything kind of developed. I think it was maybe late into Thursday, and by Friday it was completely out there that there was some arm pulling in, in some capacity. Illinois was kind of backed into a corner that maybe they backed themselves into to a degree and, and couldn't fight out of it. Oh, can Just for people maybe who don't know, Mark, can you recap it, exactly kind of what had happened there to lead him to Iowa Well, State? I mean, in general terms, because Brad hasn't shared exactly who said what he may never share exactly who said what to whom when when and so forth but we know that illinois wanted to recruit and and should have wanted to recruit the top two players in the state io uh, Desomu and um, um jalen horton tucker and um they knew that there were some uh, raw feelings if you will when um horton tucker left the mac Irvin fire team in the spring to kind of go off on his own you know AAU basketball is not about winning and losing. Nobody, I've never heard anybody ask, "What's Mac Irvin Fire's record?" <laughs> and people, that, that has nothing to do with it. It is a showcase for college coaches. That's what it is. And Mac Irvin Fire is showcasing Io, and uh, that's understandable. And it's also understandable that a kid who thinks he has comparable talent uh, would want to be showcased then somewhere else and that's what he did he went to team rose and he had a great go of it it, it worked out the way he hoped because it generated um 
more scholarship offers, you know, and a bunch of schools got in on him. And but apparently, um, some of the bad feelings and there's rumors about a lot of other things too that are just rumors right now. But um, you know, Brad thought they could make everyone see um, that this makes too much sense not to do it, to have these guys play together. And it does. You know, he's right about that. Uh, um, I think they both could have thrived. The college basketball is not AAU basketball. It is about winning. It is about team play. It's about recruiting a guy who does things other than you. Sometimes you see this kind of conflict when guys play the same position. Yeah, but they you don't. You know, one point guard doesn't want you to recruit this other point guard. Um, and But they don't play the same position. And so it's a shame that they weren't able to broker some kind of a piece there. Uh, I know Brad went up there, I believe, on Tuesday and tried to speak to the different parties and say, come on, you know, this this is, can be good for everybody. And apparently there were people who were not willing to budge on that. And so now you're backed into a position where you're going to either tick off the Mac Irvin Fire people, you're going to tick off uh, Rob Smith, the Simeon coach, uh, which is what happened, and um, and that's too bad. And so he goes to Iowa State, and um, you move along, and you, you will have to go somewhere else now. Uh, and I think they did a really good job of recruiting him up until that point. And, and, and I don't think the families are being entirely forthcoming about their feelings and all that kind of stuff. And so that, that clouds it even a little bit more. But, but uh, Illinois just got to move by it. Now, now, I think there's other players involved in some of this as well. Um, and Illinois is really um, big on Francis uh, Okoro from Normal West. And um, they're big on um, Adam Miller at uh, Morgan Park, who's Io's teammate. And they're big on uh, the Khalil, uh, I can't think of his last name right now, the kid that transferred out to New Jersey that used to play with those guys. And um, and there's another one in there, too. And so, you know, if if their relationship with Mac Irvin Fire um, holds together through this and, and um, and that can and and the McIrvin Fire people would encourage those players to give Illinois a, a serious look, and you end up getting some of them. You know, probably by the time all that happens, people have forgotten all this stuff. You know, hey, who was that Horton Tucker guy? Um, I think he's going to be really good. Wish him all the luck in the world. At he handled Iowa it State. like a pro. He he did not have one ill thing to say about no, any of this process. And um, so uh, they move along and they try to find somebody else and 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 go from there. Yeah, no, you hate. I mean, you do. You hate to see that. I mean, but it, you know, it is what it is. And and this is Chicago recruiting too. You know, uh, we got to understand this is not far from the routine up there. Right. It normally doesn't play out quite this messily. That's not a word, probably. <laughs> quite this messy. But um, there's always political things that hurdles that have to be cleared. And, um, you know, I got a text from a college basketball coach who I've known a long time, and if I told you his name, you'd all know him too. And he said, Chicago recruiting, he said, there's nothing else like it in the country. He said, it's just a different animal. It giveth and it taketh. Yep. And, 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 and you can say, well, then we should stop recruiting Chicago. Good luck. Except every time you hire a coach, we all say, well, he's got to get assistance that can recruit Chicago. He's got <laughs> to do a better job recruiting Chicago because you're sick of seeing all these good players go to other schools. Well, they're making an effort to do that, and I'm just telling you, it won't always be clean and, and, and easy. And I saw people kind of complaining about this, but two weeks ago, everybody was throwing Brad Underwood and the coaching staff praise for going up and getting this into Chicago, so you've got to understand what this is and how this works. It is. It, just, it makes you feel bad, and I'm one of the people. 
um, it makes you feel it makes you feel like something's wrong when you are it, when it appears that you've been pushed over a barrel by an AAU program an AAU coach and and may, and it's not that simple okay but it, it it makes just the whole political nature of it it's just it's very similar to Chicago politics yeah. not sports politics in that when you come out of it you feel like you need to take a hot shower yeah. We are, we are going to hop over. Mark had an interview with Blake Hayes. Correct? Blake Hayes, the Aussie left, punter. Left-footer punter, and this is fascinating. I mean, there, there's so many different ele- elements, including his awesome accent. I think everybody can, can get on board with that. But it's just so many cool elements about his family life, and you really get an insight into somebody who kind of take advantage of having on the team out there. I mean, nobody praises he's a, punters. Boy, he's had a good season. And even his numbers, which are good, I think he's been better than his numbers indicate. You know, there's been zero problems with this kid punting. He's punted it far when that's been needed. He's dropped it inside the 20 when that's been needed. He's punted it directionally. And this is a kid that had never seen American football or played American rules football until this year. And, and uh you know, he came to Illinois through a, this group called Pro Kick Australia, which is is doing a good job of developing uh, punters and kickers for the American game, and um, and some of them are ending up having a good deal of success. And and the, the really looking forward, the thing of it is, okay, you you went over there, you met these people. Bob Ligasheski, the Illinois special teams coordinator, went over, and you got this kid, and he's come over, and he's having a good experience, and he's having success. And so guess what? In a couple of years, when you need another kicker, guess where you're going to go? Same you're going to be calling those guys and say, I need I need a really good one. And they're going to yeah. say, okay, well, you, you move up in the pecking order now because you've, you've worked with us before. Right. And maybe the way this kid's punting maybe got him a vehicle to, to, continuing, to continue to punt. No doubt. So this is an exciting interview. We don't know what we're going to have next week. This, this interview is a little bit of a, a medium scrum. It came immediately, I believe, after Illinois' game on Saturday. Yep. But it, it's very good. There's, there's, it's a fun interview. So we hope you enjoy that. We will follow up a little bit on what we see, or what Mark sees, rather, Friday night and, and Saturday, all Illinois, all weekend for Mark, and we are inching closer and closer to basketball season. So thank you very much, and enjoy a weekend full of Illini sports. Right on. Take care. Uh, your, you know, the special teams and, and how you've, you know, been, you know, consistently getting punts down, down the right. field and, and pinning the opponent in deep in their territory. Um, I think, first of all, it starts, obviously, with um, Coach League, you know, teaching us the protection, um, allowing me to um, get the ball off in terms of not getting it blocked and not let anyone slip through the gaps. And um, secondly, especially to our gunners, like, they're getting down there really quickly and, you know, we, we plan that through the week. So um, I think it's, like, all... I think it's the protection of the gunners that are really doing the main job of just they help me out a lot. Um, you know, I, yeah, they're just getting down there, helping us out and um, putting pressure on the returner. So he's struggling to decide whether to fair catch it or um, go for a little run. So yeah, it's good. Any uh, obviously before the season didn't have any experience with like American football and everything. Yeah. Is yeah. this kind of what where you expected to be? You know, having this the success with the punting game that you had. Um, I didn't really come in to. Um, the season with any expectations or anything I just wanted to make sure I found my feet um, I knew I knew coach league um, like before the season started I knew he was going to be really um, comfortable with me doing uh, the stuff that I do best in terms of like he's when we determined which way we're going to kick you know he's really accommodating if I think one way obviously he gets the final call as the coach but he allows me to input in a decision which you know makes me really comfortable because 
if I if I want to do one thing and he supports me on that, then it's really good to know. Um, so yeah. Do you, do you understand how much of the game did you understand in August, and how much of the game do you understand now? When you when you're not out there right. hunting, are you watching it? And yeah, yeah. Of- <laughs> um, I mean. It's a little. It's a little. I don't really watch too much of the game just because I'm trying to warm up and you know stay yeah, sure. stay in the zone and things like that. Um, I knew a little bit about offense and defense. Like I knew, I know the rules and stuff, all about that. I didn't know a lot about. Um, I didn't know a lot about punting in terms of the protection and stuff, and especially the pro punt that we do um, back home. Like because basically ninety percent of schools do uh, three man shield, which is like the traditional okay. kind of punting college. Um, I knew a little bit about that, but not too much. And then, obviously, now that um, we're doing the pro punt, uh, yeah, it's a completely new topic for me. So, um, learning it's really good. And you know, we've uh, me and coach have spoken about you know getting really in depth um, next off season about the protection, so I can help guys out um, in terms of like correcting things. Because I mean, at the moment, I'm just focusing on you know just um, punting, but you know, hopefully in the future I'll be able to take a leadership role and. Um, teach guys like protection and you know where their assignments are and things like that. Yeah, so my my dad's here. Um, he came. He was he was in China just for some work, but um, yeah, he came. He took the um, flight home. Uh, stopped by here. I don't know if it's really on the way, but um, it's awesome. You know, first his first um, family member to watch me play. Um, it's his first time seeing a game as well. Um, I haven't spoken to him yet, but I'd love to see what he thought. What um, does he do? Uh, in terms of business? Yes. Uh, he's the general manager of a like home furnishing company. Okay. But, um, like, it was just awesome to just, you know, um, for him to see me kick. Like, I just, like, tried to, you know, make him proud. So, it was good. What do you think he's going to say after the game? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. He doesn't know too much about what's a good pun in terms and what's a bad pun. Um, he likes to think if it goes far and high, it's good. So we'll see what he thinks. So he's probably just in the stands cheering. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, right. basically. Yeah, he when knows, you kick it backwards. I think he, he was just out. waiting for fourth down, and yeah, that's about it. So when's the last time you'd seen someone from your family? Um, two days before summer started. So that was uh, before summer school started. I forget when that was, but yeah, a fair few months ago. So yeah, it, yeah it's awesome. And I've got um, family and friends coming for the last three games of the season so yeah. I can't wait for that yeah have you seen any of the uh, Blake Hayes for MVP tweets um, I, I've seen a couple of those um, yeah I mean I appreciate it but I think there's there's a lot more guys on the team that are doing a uh, far better job and as I said before like it's although um, like it looks like I'm the one punting it like the, the gunners and the protection just helping out a bunch so you know it's yeah it's really down to them would, Pep, would you like to get in on any of the physical stuff? Uh, yeah, I'd love to, to be honest. You know, um, playing um, Aussie rules back home, there's a lot of physical contact and tackling and stuff without pads. Um, yeah, I definitely miss that. Um, I don't think coach wants me to really get like injured or anything, and I probably don't know how to tackle properly with pads, so I'm just going to stick to punting at the moment. Yeah. Is the rest of the team really good at uh, footy yet? Um, <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't say so. I mean, some, I've been trying to teach them the... Um, what we call a set shot, so like kicking it through the uprights on the run. Um, they're struggling at the moment, but <laughs> hopefully we can see some improvement. <laughs> uh, can you just elaborate a bit more about, you know, you were saying like the gunners, the, you know, the snappers, yeah. you know, the different people that work on yeah. special teams. You know, 
you only get to come on when the offense like kind of screws up, right? Yeah, it's it's um it's a bit weird because I, I run on and like obviously whoever's in a quarterback like they're they're not happy running off and I got to kind of like say like you know good job and stuff. So it's a bit it's a little bit of an awkward exchange running on. Um, and I, I noticed that in the crowd the um the the uh, like the um, volume of the crowd tends to decrease, which I mean. I don't mind because it gives me um, more time to focus. But yeah, have you worked on your passing skills in case uh, called on? Um, I mean, not sure yet, but I've been working on them just to, you know, I mean, trying to add a little bit more to what we can do. Like, if we have a fake installed yeah. where it requires a throw, like I'm trying to work on that. Like, obviously, I didn't grow up throwing. I gotta, <laughs> yeah, a lot of guys. Um, uh, make fun of me for my throw, but I'm, I'm trying to work on it. Um, hopefully, like, yeah, over the off season, I'll try and get like really good at it. So you know, just add another um, string to my bow. How, how was the weather conditions today? Um, today was the first time I actually saw snow, so yeah. that was pretty cool, to be honest. Yeah, um, I mean, like, as a punter, you probably don't want snow during the game um, in terms of like just you know. Um, trying to get far kicks and put them high but like it was awesome pre-game you know all the boys were really hyped when they first saw the snow um, it was a new experience for me I'm pretty sure it was a new experience for my dad as well he hadn't seen snow before in your life yeah in my life yeah I've never seen it so yeah it's pretty cool because our, our I mean our winter barely gets as cold as this and then um, our Christmas time is summertime so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. thanks man appreciate it